listeners! Welcome to My Sister Made Me View of the Roswell 1999 edition. I am one of your co-hosts, Emily, and I should be working on my book. I am your other co-host, Megan, and I should be writing fan fiction. But instead... Instead? We're making a podcast. We're making a podcast. (laughs) Megan, I need the listeners to know how you're feeling right now. I am feeling (laughs) disappointed. I am feeling... No! Sorry, in the actual episode. I I was hoping hoping for the show to, like, rally. And were elements of this episode, yes, great. So much of what I hated of this season was exemplified in this episode. And Emily says the next episode is the last episode, but I'm waiting for, like, a trap... Or a trick or something. I We're going to find out there's a fourth season of Roswell Emily doesn't even know about. <laughs> oh, can you imagine? Oh, can you imagine? Yes. Listeners. I can imagine quite a lot. <laughs> we come to you at the end of this Roswell season and at the end of a day where we have literally podcasted for probably nine hours straight. We're only eight hours in, but by the We're end of only this episode, eight hours. We'll be okay. It. Yeah. <laughs> We've done our special Marvel. We did the, the track for Iron Man 3. We did the episode for Iron Man 3. We did an Oathbringer. We did our Flag Means Death, and we are going ahead and wrapping it up with this Roswell Season 3, Episode 17, Four Aliens and a Baby. I will give everyone the very brief overview and then Meg and I can dive right into it. Uh, This episode is kind of the fallout of the previous episode where the thing that hit the Air Force jet has been discovered. It was an alien spaceship. Obviously. Tess has returned and there's a baby involved, which is an automatic forgiveness present for Isabel (laughs) and Max. Get out of jail free, baby. Get out of jail free, baby. I, this has been my least favorite episode because, um, I, uh, I'm going to say it's my least favorite episode because Tess was such a huge part of season two Mm -hmm. and she's only been mentioned off and on a few times in season three. And it was like, well, we got to wrap this up. This set, the episode, the series is ending. Let's just like bring her on for like a one time. This was like, what's his face? What's Maria's musical friend that they see in New York? I don't even care. Probably like Greg. But they're just like, oh, we remembered him. He's still around. They're like, oh, we remember Tess. She's still around. She shows up. Guess what has happened is that Kavar, we remember Kavar. Uh, stupid Kavar, ha- the baby apparently is all human, no alien DNA anywhere, and that has rejected happen. him as the ruler of their planet, and Tess had to flee with the baby to, to bring him to safety. And, like, I love Tess's ending. I thought that was real great, and I love the scene with her and Liz in the car, but it was such a big nothing burger. Mm-hmm up to it yeah i feel bad at being so down on this tv show and i'm trying to wonder if for like if i had watched it live week to week if i would have been hyped for this 
And I, I feel like if I had watched mm-hmm. it when I was a teenager, I would have. I would have been all in on, like, the drama of Max is dead. No, he's trapped in another body. No, what's what's happening to Liz? But uh, I'm decrepit woman in her 30s. <laughs> and I'm just a Scrooge about this show. And I feel really badly because, like, they were really trying to do something in this episode. And I... I really think it's the Jesse and the parents storyline that really brought this episode down for me. The parents are so stupid and Jesse's so, so dumb. See, I I enjoy Jesse as a character just because he adds like for me, he added extra drama of like he found out on accident. I hated the whole will they tell him, won't they tell him? And so when he finally found out, I I really have enjoyed that. I like the character of Jesse. But I can see, I can see also your perspective of just how he takes up a lot of what would otherwise be uh, shenanigans of the main characters. Like he became a main character of this show somehow without even knowing the secret of anything. And we were talking about this earlier. Um, Liz shows up for about five minutes in the whole series. This series was about Liz. This was about a human finding out that aliens were among us, and season three ignored that and tossed it out and Liz became a secondary tertiary character where this was all about the aliens. I think I think that was the big shift when when UPN bought this. Was it UPN that bought this? Some some station that bought it, whatever station bought the the third season. Um they shifted it away from the human aspect to the alien aspect and it was all science fiction all the time and what are the aliens finding out you know we ran into the the hollywood producer he was an alien uh we tried to find the diamond to run the ship so that max could go find his kid and we we did all of this stuff um and then by the end there is a literal alien ship that has crashed on roswell and max goes it's not important. We don't care. Let's check it out tomorrow. We'll check it out tomorrow. I don't even know if it'll be there. Like, if this had been a season one, Michael would have been out there in, in seconds. If this had been a season two, everyone would have gone to check this out. Season three, apparently, we don't care that our heritage is here and we are able to maybe maybe make contact with someone. I mean, I'm... Uh, Again, I don't want this episode to just be me bashing on this. I'm I'm trying to come up with like solid reasons of ways that this could have improved. Yes. The Tess and Liz fight and this was Kyle's time to shine because the Kyle and Tess scene was incredible. Yep. And it was frustrating that Tess was just like lied, lied, lied in every scene and only saved her actual genuine emotion. For the last moments with Liz, I I wish we'd had some sort of tenuous connection with Tess to make us feel a little worse about losing her. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of characters who need a lot of screen time, and it didn't leave us with great emotional resolutions for the rest of them. And I'll be very honest, the parents forgetting and forgiving absolutely everything when they got a grandchild was really... <laughs> Wow, maddening. And I think that poisoned the rest of the episode for me. Yeah, so so the the parents have been well, the dad has been portrayed this whole time as the enemy, which I hated because in season 2 he was so helpful and so 
wonderful and was the one who helped Michael, you know, get his independence, that sort of thing. And he's just been after, after whatever's going on with his kids nowadays. And we know from the last episode that they, they have seen Isabel's powers. Okay, okay, okay. So this part, this part, this part, Megan, this part. So the parents know Isabel has powers or something weird is going on. They track their children down that they have been estranged from the entire season and say, emergency family dinner, come now. Drop what you're doing. I don't care that you're already having dinner, Isabel and uh, and Jesse. Max, I don't care that you're studying for school. Come to dinner this instant. Flames on the side of my face because <laughs> they get there and there is no dinner. No, there's a mat. They didn't even feed them when they sat them down and was like, we've been spying on you. And the parents are like, we had no choice. We're at the right. We're the victims here. You lied to us. And I'm like, you didn't even have real dinner. That was their, that's their line. We had no choice. They say it like eight times in the last two episodes. We had no choice. You made us do this. Your actions pushed us into doing this thing, you know. And they just play the tape. And Isabel is, you know, upset. And she's like, I can't believe you spied on me. But the parents are just like, again, you did this to us. You And so here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I'm thinking the parents are doing is I, I almost wish, I wish what would have happened is they would have said, you've replaced our kids. What have you done with our kids? And if this had turned out to be that the dad had suspected that his two kids had been abducted and replaced by clones, by aliens, by whatever, you know, I would more easily believe his campaign this whole season to figure out what's going on with Max because he's trying to get his real kids back. Like, I wish that would have happened. And then for him to realize, oh, you just have a secret you didn't tell me. And for the dad to have a moment of, oh my gosh, this is on me. I've done this to my kids. I, yeah, Emily, chalk that up to our rewrite. Okay. That we honestly, it's not that his kids are acting strange. Dad earnestly believes something has replaced his children. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because that would fit more with his character in season two. And season one, when they finally figure out what actor they wanted to play Mr. Evans. <laughs> um. Okay, so I've been doing a West Wing rewatch, mm -hmm. and I hit I hit an episode that has Tony and the original um, Evans dad in it together, like a nice. scene with the two of them together. It's like mm -hmm. season two, episode one or two, because I think In the Shadow of Two Gunmen is two parts, maybe? I don't know. I've only uh, seen it once. It, I don't remember. Sorry. Yeah. It's just seeing the two of them together having a scene. I'm like, do you think, do you think they talk about Roswell with each other? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Here's, here's my other beef with, with this is that they tried to age everyone up very quickly. Um, we have Isabel who got married. We have, I mean, Michael is a, is an independent. That's fine. But we have Max who doesn't live at home anymore. And it was like, here, here's how I see it. A cast full of teenage teenagers 
I think gives a lot of opportunity to explore both the supernatural world and the real world because there are so many limitations on teenagers in do you have your license, do you not, um, are your parents strict, are they not, like the teen, the life of the teenager, the life of the teenager, that sounds stupid, I apologize, the life of any teenager is rough and like you're figuring out the world, you're trying to do schoolwork and do do social work and you know social life and all of these things and I it feels like the writers just went oh that's boring and it felt like the writers that wrote this were used to writing adults and they didn't know how to write teenagers and they didn't know how to write uh the the roadblocks that comes with a curfew or anything like that where I think it would have made it more interesting um, to see them try to figure out where they fit in the universe in addition to where yeah, they fit in like, Roswell or where they fit in high school or anything. So There's so many other aliens. Where are the duplicates? Where was, like, the other races of aliens who were at the council in season two? Where's Brody? Mm-hmm. What? What? Who... Who healed Brody's daughter's cancer? Who, what benevolent alien was going around healing people? It wasn't the movie producer. Am I gonna, Mm -mm. am I gonna get answers to these questions in the finale? So yeah, it was, it was a case of we brought back some stuff from earlier seasons, but not in a significant way. Mm -hmm. Just like, hey, look, here's that alien symbol. Hey, look, here's that signal. Um, I laughed really, really, really hard in the scene where it looked like the baby was Carrie murdering everyone in the room. That's that there's right. just like this giggling baby in the alien space pod and just like adults screaming and blood spattering everywhere. No, it was Tess because Tess is evil. Well, yeah, it's bringing it back to let's mention stuff that happened in previous seasons is uh, there... Everyone kind of gets to confront Tess at one point and be like, why did you do this and all these things? And her explanation is, I was raised by a killer. I was raised by someone who had no feelings, blah, 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 blah. And Tess never takes responsibility for what she did. Like, I think it would have worked. I, But we needed extra episodes with her. We needed to get a feel for her innermost thoughts of, of her realizing that either A, I want to be like Nisato and continue on his work, or B, I don't like the way I was raised. How do I change? Can I change? Should I change? Should I should I keep on this path that I've been raised to do that I'm responsible for? I we we talked about how like there was so much that happened in this episode that felt really rushed. I would not have minded this episode being a two-parter series finale. Like, mm-hmm. ending with Max sending the baby away. Yeah. And that's the end of the episode. Like, that's the end of the series. And now I'm like, what even are they going to spend their time on next round? I mean, the Air Force photo of Isabel, we obviously don't know how much uh, Tess is. It's a fireball! We don't know how many Air Force people she killed or what evidence she might have destroyed. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so yeah, what can even happen in the season finale? Well, I know what happens in the season finale, actually. So I'm not going to say anything because it's the one thing I know. 
time travel back to the first episode. <gasps> they use the Granolith to go back to the pilot, undo the events of the entire series. Ooh, they let Liz die? <laughs> yes. <laughs> no. It would be nice if Future Max comes back for a bit, though. I miss him. He was only here for one episode, and he was my favorite character. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, here's the thing, is I think they kind of got their feet. They kind of got... Oh, go ahead. We're only 20 minutes in. I'm like, we're only 20 minutes in, and I'm like, well, I've said everything I want to say about this episode. <laughs> well, I was going to say, um, the, the thing that was the most frustrating is just, they took, they took this show, and they said, we're going to make it our own. But by making it their own and changing the way everything was, they they missed out on the heart and soul of this show, which is aliens and humans working together, living together, trying to find a way out. Because, like, I think the strongest point of actually the whole series, okay, one of the top, top strongest points is... The end of season two, when Michael decides not to go to his home planet, something that he has wanted for two seasons straight, because he has found a love here, because he has found a way to fit in, in on earth with Maria and this life, he has built a life for himself rather than like dreaming of what could be better. He realizes he has everything he wants here. I think that is one of the best character decisions of the whole series is him staying. And then season three, just taking it and making it at will they, won't they, will they, won't they for laughs. It wasn't even for character development ever. Yeah. A lot of flip-flopping on a lot of decisions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Remember when Max was just like, I'm just going to go back to my home planet and leave you all here. Do you think they're even going to go to their home planet in the last episode? Do they have enough money to show the home planet? Kavar still seems like a problem. Kavar still seems like a problem. Maybe Kavar will be the test of the finale. He shows up again. He'll just show up and be Kavar. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this would have been so interesting because I I wish they would have really... I think this would have worked with a senior, a senior year because our kids are seniors with the idea of who am I going to be when I graduate versus who am I... You know, in this alien world, do I go there? Do I graduate from Earth? Do I graduate back to the alien world? Like, there could have been so many great emotional storylines here. But it just felt like they were just kind of playing around and throwing stuff at the wall to figure out what worked with this new series that, you know, and again, I don't know who was responsible for this. I don't know if this was something that, you know, the upper, the upper executive producers were like we want this to be different than when it was on the cw to make our mark on this i don't know if the writers are all of a sudden were like we want to follow the book more closely or less closely like it's just it's it just felt like no one knew what direction to go in and it was sad it made me sad this season has made me sad i have a specific complaint i forgot to address about last episode okay and it's liz barefoot footsieing on Michael's crotch underneath the table in the crash down. Max. Max. <laughs> <laughs> that was so loud. Let me try again. Megan. Max. 
I am never. <laughs> it's, 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 I'm never going to get these names correct. Yeah. It was weird over the last few episodes to just Liz's part is just making out with Max. And like her biggest mm-hmm. scene in this episode was super making out with Max on the bed at the beginning of the episode, like when they're doing the phone call. Oh, great. My glowing is gone. I'm not an alien anymore. I'm not in trouble anymore. And then when Liz shows up, uh, when Tess shows up. <laughs> but Liz also shows up when Tess shows up. Yeah. Then that scene with Tess at the end, those are Liz's main contributions. And I want Liz to be more of the main character. And I agree with you. It doesn't It doesn't feel like it has much to do with her in the last season. And I'm like, yeah. I wish it was about growing up and leaving home, leaving normal. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I wish the sheriff had his act together and his job back. I, I wish a lot of things. I wish that. Kyle and Isabel had fallen for each other while Isabel was engaged and she broke off the safe, easy, stable choice of Jesse and went with Kyle instead. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I will say this for our sheriff. He did keep his uh, worst gun safety in Roswell reputation uh, because Tess broke into their house. They don't know it was Tess, but they realize that there is an intruder and Sheriff just opens a cupboard and pulls out a gun, like a loaded gun, just pulls it out. And I'm like, all right, season one, Sheriff, here we go. And then later when Kyle is confronting Tess about this, she's like, you pulled a gun on me. And I'm like, you lived with this family. You know how terrible their gun safety is. And you know it was them. It was those two that were coming for you. She's like, I could have killed you. And I'm like, this is the worst conversation but like, uh, anyways, um, I, I want to yeah. talk. About- oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was I was just agreeing with you. I was agreeing with what you were saying earlier. Your point. Um, I'd like to see Tess struggle with the identity of I am who Nisato raised me mm-hmm. to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, keep going. What were you bringing up next? Oh, I was just gonna say I don't. I, I wish I wish I knew like. Uh, I wish I could have been a fly on the wall to see who wanted to stay, who was made to stay on the show. If, uh, you know, the, the actors who played Tess wanted to be here more or if they were just like, hey, we're bringing you back for a one shot. If she was like, cool, whatever, you know, which is weird to go from a main character to, uh, hey, we're wrapping your storyline up in 30 minutes. Yup. Um, but I would like to talk about the votes that everybody casts at the end. Well, first, let's talk about let's talk about the. <sighs> what's the word? The confrontation that everybody gets with Tess. Everyone kind of gets to say their thoughts at her because she has, like Megan said, she is injured and she's kind of, you know, at everyone's mercy and everybody's like, let's just kill her. And she's like, you can't kill me because if you kill me, you kill the baby. And so this is super convenient that you can't hurt me. And the whole time I'm like, she's hurt. Like she's wounded. Check the baby. Is he also wounded? Because that is a really easy way to check and see if she is telling the truth or not. Um, anyway, so everyone kind of gets to say their, their thing at her, but like everybody wants to hurt her and she seems surprised. Did you get that? Did you feel that? She did seem surprised. I like that Liz voted no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
and... I didn't, but we'll get into that. Okay. Um, I was annoyed that, like, Liz was obviously going to be the tiebreaker. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. My favorite tiebreaker vote in a show ever. Emily, did you watch Squid Game? Did I watch what? Squid Game. I told you a lot about it. Did you watch any of it? No, no. Okay. Spoilers for episode two of Squid Game. All right. Uh, so in the first episode, they play that everybody comes to this island thinking they're going to play for cash prizes, and they find out it's life or death games for cash prizes. And mm-hmm. at the beginning of the episode two, everyone involved gets to vote on whether they stay or go home. And if there's a majority vote, everyone goes home, and the money is given to the families of the people who've already died. Mm. And the last person to vote is an old man we know has a terminal illness and doesn't care if he lives or dies anyway. And main Mm -hmm. character knows the tie-breaking vote is this old man who has nothing to lose. He will obviously vote for everyone to stay. Yeah. Votes to send everyone home. And it's like this, wait, what? What? And the horrible organization that's put these games together ships everyone home safely the games are over it's the beginning of episode two and it's like excuse me what that episode's called welcome to hell and you see the lives and the dead ends that everyone outside the games is living Mm -hmm. someone who is an undocumented immigrant in south korea And their boss is withholding their wages because they legally don't have to pay this guy. Someone else who's in so much debt Mm. that his mother's business has been sold out from under her. Uh, Main character's mother is has no insurance and he's put her so far in debt. She can't pay her hospital bills and they all get reapproached by the people running the game saying, would you like to come back? Mm. And knowing what is waiting for them, 98% of the players decide to try and finish the game. It is so good. I love Squid Game. It is one of my favorite TV shows. Uh Uh-huh. It's really good. Oh, maybe we should watch it together. (laughs) I was just close my eyes the whole time. You could just tell me what happens. Yeah. Yeah. The editing in the red light, green light sequence in episode one is one of my favoritely edited sequences of all time. But anyway, so back to this. Okay. The way that the vote is going to go, I think once they started calling for a vote, as soon as they called for it, I'm like, ugh, Liz is going to be tiebreaker because she's the one with the emotional everything riding Mm -hmm. on the whole test thing. And she votes no, which I like, but only because it's the right thing to do and not because it's the thing she actually wants for Tess to live. Yeah. But again, the the one element I really enjoyed of this episode is the dynamic between Liz and Tess because Mm -hmm. Tess knows that Liz wants her dead and she is emotionally moved by Liz making the decision to let her live that Mm -hmm. Liz is the person she chooses to assist in her death at the end of the Mm -hmm. episode. And I, I did like that. Although I hated the retroactive of like, Oh yes. Every time he kissed me, I got flashes of you. Liz, he always loved you. I could never truly, truly get him on my side. 
That was a terrible, terrible imitation of Tess. <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't like that she voted no. Tell me, no. tell me what your feelings on it. Because, okay, I like how you said that it was obvious that she doesn't like Tess and that she would have wanted to vote no, but that um, it was the right thing to do because basically everyone's voting. We've got the UN, the UN Youth Council back and we're, we're doing UN votes again on whether they let her go or kill her. Because here's the thing. Yes, Tess committed crimes against them. This is the only way they will get justice. They can't turn her over to the judicial court system or anything like that. And, you know, we talk about she killed Alex and she's like, oh, I didn't mean for that to happen. I'm like, shut up, man. Shut up, Tess. And Maria is just like ready to kill her then and there where she's like, you killed my best friend, Alex. Like, Alex's death impacted everyone, but it hit Maria hard. It hit Maria so hard. And the idea that they're just going to let her walk free, I I hated that. I hated that idea. I hated that. I, uh, this is making me sound so bloodthirsty, which is fine. But Tess didn't pay enough. Yes, she went in. She, okay, she blew up, what was it, a, a, a Air Force Army base? Who knows? Not us. That's only going to draw more attention to everybody. That's like, that's domestic terrorism right there. That is true. And Liz just sits there and watches it all happen. Like, yep, cool, whatever. Like, this this is the thing with this with this season is that everything had consequences in season two. If they weren't smart enough about something, they got dinged on it and it came back to bite them later. But like season three, where like Michael and the sheriff are trying to figure out, you know, try to prove that this death happened to Michael's friend. And they're just walking around in a in a building that has hundreds of security cameras. This is Michael's whole job. And and we're never told how they get around that. We're never told how they make that go away. And so this just felt like this felt like a brainstorm first pass of like we should have Tess destroy this great and then what are the what's the fallout what's the consequence of this and they're okay that's the thing that I didn't like about this season is that there are little to no consequences they just do stuff and they're able to help people disappear no problem they they get the the Air Force dude and his daughter out um you know, they're able to go sneak around and not be caught by the security camera systems. Uh, an alien ship crashes and nobody cares. So I think what we can learn from this is that if one of us recommends something to the other, the rule is <laughs> you have to have recently reconsumed that media or consumed it, period. Mm -hmm. Which is why I'm currently watching all of Once Upon a Time before I can <laughs> Officially propose it for our channel. <laughs> okay, so uh, let's talk about the parents a little bit more. Let's, uh, well, I, I mean, I guess we kind of talked about them. But yeah, the idea that they're so horrified and they're so confused about their daughter and what, what this means for them. And they never sit down and ask what went on. They just are continually saying something's going on and they never really give Isabel or Max a chance to explain until they are in the middle of being raided by the by the Air Force 
And they have to say, we're aliens. You can't let, don't let those people in. And the dad's like, it's the government, honey. We haven't done anything wrong. It's okay. We'll let them in the house. And I'm like, you're not listening to your kids. Like, they're the ones. Anyways, yeah, it was, this is my least favorite storyline is, is the parents and their reaction to everything because Tess does show up bloodied with a baby and Max is like, this is my son. And all of a sudden, Max is the golden child again. Yeah, it's 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 like those... Isabel is an alien? But Max has been cleared of all suspicion? What? Anyways, the, the, parents, the parents were written so... As just really stupid, clueless people. And that's really difficult and hard. Okay, listen. I'm going to pull Twilight into this, okay? So we've got... Do it. We've Do got it. Bella's mom, who Bella is trying to protect and doesn't tell her anything that's going on, doesn't tell her, you know, she... Bella makes the choice to go off and live with her dad, Charlie. Um, and and Charlie is a very smart, capable, intelligent character. And the thing is, he he acts as roadblocks to some of the goals of our main characters, but he's never the antagonist. He's never the bad guy. And I like how they handled that in Twilight of just, you know, he's she's got to convince him that she hates Edward. She's got to convince Charlie later that Edward's cool. Like, like they have to do all these things. And and it's still a regular relationship that a teenage daughter and her has with her dad um but here the parents just are so stupid they are just they are supposed to be the problem capital p and they're just placed in the middle of the road and they don't react like a real person would they are just they are there to move or stop the plot and i think that's where some of this these issues come from is that the parents are not characters anymore they are props yeah there's just obstacles that were supposed to be in the way and then they instantly like let it pick back up when they want the story mm -hmm, to move. Mm -hmm. Okay, did the did the retrieval of the burned jeep go anywhere? No. What happened to all of the alien stuff that we put in the desert? I mean, we put it in a safety deposit box last, right? Yeah, I think Michael took it back out or something like that. And Michael, if you remember um has a piece from the alien crash that he's been looking at. It's like a black flared cylinder. And that's where Max is just like, why are you still looking at that? It doesn't mean anything. It's not important. And I'm just like, this is not our Max from season one, like at all, at all, at all, at all. I just, I hated that they didn't care about alien stuff anymore. It was all about their relationship with their girlfriends. So anyways. I feel like I've bashed on this enough, but I feel like I have also said what I wish would have happened and why I think stuff didn't work. Um, Meg, do you have anything else you want to talk about before we watch the finale? A lot of potential mm -hmm. that felt a little squandered, mm -hmm. uh, but we will see if maybe they rally. It could be great. A finale rally. Yeah. Can I can I ask emotionally how you felt about the finale? From what I recall, it was okay. Great. Can't wait. <laughs> Glowing review. 
kind of all we can ask for at this point. <laughs> all right. Well, friends, we have one episode left for our Roswell, the 1999 version. And this is Roswell season three, episode 18, Graduation. What are the odds that Liz is still somehow magically valedictorian <laughs> and she speaks at graduation. Do you think she got into Harvard? What do you think like her plans <laughs> yes. are for after high school? She got into Harvard? All right. I think maybe the baby comes back. We'll figure out what the memory was that Max has left the baby. Mm. I would love the duplicates to come back. Maybe even Tess's duplicate mm. so that actress can be in the finale. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was going to say... Um... Again, here here are all my here they bring the baby back. Obviously Max's son is back. Uh Max decides we kind of skipped over this a little bit. I apologize. Max decides that he wants to give his son a normal life and he wants his son to have good parents like he had good parents. I'm like you can't say that after the end of this season, Max. Anyways, he decides to give his baby up for adoption. Which I'm not disappointed in the adoption storyline i'm not i'm not i'm not what i'm upset about is this is what happens every time a show brings a baby onto it the baby cannot be a main character because you cannot get a baby to act you can only hope that they don't cry when it's time for them to be on screen and so i think this is another reason i don't like pregnancy tropes is because it's either used for drama or I just know by the time the baby comes around, they're going to somehow write the baby off the show. And I have no emotional connection to this character that is supposed to be a big deal. And so, yeah, Max decides to give away his kid that he's been looking for, quote unquote, the whole season, the whole series. And do you think this would have happened had Tess come back and convinced everyone she was good? Do you think they would have hidden the baby? Do you think they would have tried to raise it together? Well, there's no use crying over spilled Tess. <laughs> um, no, I am. I think that Tess and Max would have sent the baby off together. Okay. Yeah. All right. So let's, let's, let's watch graduation day. Let's do graduation. So thank you again, everyone for tuning in and listening. Uh, we have a, started a Patreon. We have a Patreon. It's www.patreon slash this made me view it. $3 level. You're going to join us in our discord and hang out and talk about how excited we are that Roswell is over. And then $7 level is Friend of the Pod, where you're going to get all your episodes for all our different feeds on Mondays. Those come out every Monday. You do not have to wait and have your episodes come out on the regular Tuesday and Thursday schedule. And then if you join our $12 honorary sibling level, you get a super special uh, MCU feed just for you. We have currently finished all of Phase 1 movies uh, through Marvel, and we just recorded... Iron Man 3 today, and we're getting ready to do Thor 2, wow. Megan's favorite wow. movie. My favorite MCU movie. MCU movie. What would your favorite movie be? The Fall? Oh, Hot Fuzz. Oh, Hot Fuzz. Not Hot behind Fuzz the scene of the Lord fall. of the Rings. Like, like, okay, listen. I love movies <laughs> a lot. Hi, hi, Emily. Yeah? Okay, so... I just clicked on the next episode of Roswell. I haven't started watching it yet. Okay. But the opening frame of the previously on Roswell is 
the know your future fortune place from episode whatever. What? Hold on. When Winnie, what's her name? It was one of the co-writers of Wicked. What? I'm trying to remember what her predictions were for Maria and Liz. Oh, that's right. Oh, I did forget about that. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Well, my my favorite movies, which change because I myself always change, but they currently are Hot Fuzz, Drama is the Fall, and just artistry, learning, sitting with people and enjoying together would be the behind the scenes featurettes on the Lord of the Rings Extended Edition DVDs. Perfect. Let's watch a Roswell finale. Let's watch a Roswell finale. All right, friends, we love you. I'm going to get back to just finishing up this series so we can move on to Scalamance by Naomi oh Novik gosh. after we do this one. We can do that, too. All right, All right. let's do it. How? It's because I believe in you. I believe in you. <gasps> Ready. Ready. Break. Break.